Hello, everybody. It's Jamelin. And Kim, we're so glad to be back with you again. We're excited. Right. Right. You guys came through and wrote in the comments that you wanted to hear more from us. And so we are sort of taking um, over for the next month, which is going to be fun because we can maybe do some continuation conversations through this series of sacraments um, that's going on at the church. And you were in worship today. I was. I was in worship today. And we talked about um, sacraments for the United Methodist Church being baptism and Holy Communion. And today we focused on baptism. We got to hear baptism stories from folks, which was really cool. And like, I had never heard your baptism story until today. Well, and it was hard to, we're going to talk about our baptism stories a little bit more in detail because I only got to give a little snippet, but there's actually a really fun story for a bigger story to it. Um, and I want to hear about yours because I actually stepped out of the sanctuary when you got up to tell yours because I kind of wanted to be more surprised when we talked about it today. Okay. All you right. know. You know, Kathy Lee and Regis never talked before their show, so they oh. could keep it fresh. So I was trying to, I don't know which one of us is Kathy Lee and which one of us is Regis Philbin, but um, anyway, so I thought it would be fun for us to tell our baptism stories here because there might be some people who went in worship also. So do you want to go first? Do you want me to? You want to flip a coin? Uh, yeah, no, why don't I just go? Okay. Um, so, you know, when we talked as a pastoral team, we talked about, you know, what it means to be baptized. And I just remembered uh, growing up in my family, in my neighborhood, in my church. Um, and those were really good memories. So I grew up missionary Baptist um, in a family of, you know, missionary Baptist folk who had practiced that tradition for a long, long time. Um, my parents are only children. So I grew up with two sets of grandparents and four sets of great aunts and uncles. So tons of grandparents, right? And on our street, we lived here, one house in between. My great aunt, my grandma's oldest sister lived here. Across the street from her was my grandma's youngest sister and her husband. And then next door to them were my grandma's parents. So I had two sets of great aunts and uncles and my grandparents, my mom's parents right there. Right. Is this all in Indianapolis? All in Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, near Fountain Square, actually, kind of southeast of downtown. Huh. Um, yeah. So then um, the neighborhood was uh, really like tight knit, too. Uh, so, you know, if you were down the street doing something you weren't supposed to be doing, <laughs> you know, this Miss Mary might call you up on her porch. Uh, a little conversation, tell you to get it together, right? Let you go back and play. But what she did then did was call your mama. Yeah. Say, I saw Kim, and so by the time you get home, and it, for me, it happens all home, over again. Oh, my grandma, <laughs> both of them, right? So it happens all over again. So, you so know, I you just learn. wonder if you do something at the end of the block, and if your family lives along the block, if they're all on the porch giving you what they think about it on your way home. It's like a firing squad. That could be totally possible because <laughs> everyone had a porch and everyone uh, used their porch. Uh, 
yeah, but my, so my grandparents were like really super involved in church, all my aunts and uncles. Um, my grandparents were always cheering something like fish fry or something. My grandma was like chair of the usher board, uh, you know, and in charge a lot of times of church dinners. Um, my uncles were deacons. My great aunt, Rachel, my fave, um, she played organ and piano and directed the choir. So, you know, I grew up family in a church. The people that were like really involved in church. And so, you know, mm-hmm. like not going wasn't an option. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I have a side story if we have time that I'll tell. Uh, but, um, you know, I grew up kind of steeped in church. And, and in, in the neighborhood, there were also people who went to the same church that my family went to. So my Sunday school teacher lived a block over and she would pick us up, neighborhood yeah. kids up. On Sunday morning, she had this huge sedan. I don't know, like probably like Lincoln or Big Buick or something. But like five of us could kind of sit on that back seat. And then two. All wearing seatbelts, I'm sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> before the seatbelt. I know. Yeah. Hopefully it, it got your chest and not your face. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and as I thought about it, I was like, man, she was so smart. She was like seating her Sunday school class, but more importantly, like she was really teaching us about Jesus. Like that's a big, huge commitment to like pick up, you know, four or five, six yep. kids every Sunday, make sure they get to church, make sure, you know, they learn about Jesus and salvation and all of that. That's a she huge had little church. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a little, it's still there. You can see it from 65. Sometimes I look for it when I'm driving on 65 on the South side. Um, but she made sure that, you know, we knew about Jesus. We knew how important salvation was. We knew about this whole baptism thing and we have to like confess it and, you know, want it for ourselves and say that in front of the congregation. You know, when you're 11, 10, 11, that is not something like you're trying to really make. Sure. Right. Right. But at some point it's like, how many times, how many years are you going to go to Sunday school and learn this and then not do the thing, you know? Like faith requires some action on your part. So my best friend, Delisa, and I, like she's a year older, I think we, you know, talk about it. Like, is it and like, when are we going to do it? Like, we should do it. So we decided that we would do it together once. And, you know, you can't just sit in church when you're missionary Baptist. You know, there's a lot of call and response. There's a lot uh-huh. of like, you know, uh, activity required participation required from the congregation you know the preacher might just stop or go like an extra hour over the two hours that you're already going to be there if there's not this interaction right so we knew we're going to walk down the center aisle turn around stand in front of all those adults and say you know we wanted to claim Jesus as our personal savior somehow we got through it so in this tradition every Sunday is an opportunity to be baptized Absolutely. Like at yeah, the end of the opportunity service. Opportunity to say you want to. I think they probably only like really did it. Like oh, once okay. Because it's that's a whole big ordeal too. Uh, because the baptismal pool was underneath the choir loft. Oh, so okay. The choir had to be cleared. You know the chairs and stuff. Yeah. The pool and all that jazz. So we, you know, professed that we wanted to, you know be baptized and that we believe Jesus was our personal savior one Sunday for us. The next Sunday was the Sunday that we donned these white robes 
and you know you had to like put on like slip underneath because god forbid you know right wet white is probably not what you want to have on a trip (laughs) (laughs) so you would wear like a robe and get into the baptismal font yes so you know the choir loft is cleared the doors are opened you had to walk down like two or three steps and the the preacher or the minister is already standing in there so you walk down you know they ask you the questions and you walk down the steps and oh you know your white robe your swim cap and you know basically it's kind of one of these numbers uh-huh three times because you got to go in the name of the father, father and the son the name of the son and name of the holy ghost and it's like the first time you're like you know because uh-huh. <laughs> is it cold yes it was yeah too. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure now they're probably heated, but they were not heated in the 70s. No. Uh, do you think they still wear um, swimming caps? I think some some people might. Some people might. <laughs> probably not everyone, because more people like you know wear their hair natural. <laughs> yeah, is that a? So are you are you interested in my house? I just think it's interesting, like. I have seen people in white churches be in baptismal font, you know, or whatever, and oh, yeah. they didn't have swimming caps on. You well, know. you know, so white hair and black hair are different. <laughs> we could do a whole pat- podcast just on that. Right, exactly, about the hair. <laughs> but, you know, to, to maintain, for the hair to look like the hair looked when you went into the water, you need to cover the hair up. So right. we'll suffice to say that. And then, like, if anybody has questions, we can have a whole, we'll actually be have a, a podcast about yeah um well that's interesting you know i have been reading matt Bayes' book finding god in the ruins and he has a part of his book when he was baptized and his church sounds just like yours he said everybody was family and but he and his brother had decided they were going to go forward together to be baptized and through the whole service his brother's like are you ready are you ready and he's like yeah i'm ready and are you ready? And he's like, are you going to do it? And he says, he gets up and he stands into the aisle to walk forward. And his brother didn't go. <laughs> his brother so stayed. Wrong. So then Matt's like, I, I went up by myself. Like I didn't have a choice. So it was almost like his brother it was a trick for him. But, uh, well, yeah. mine was not quite, um, I was baptized in the United Methodist church when I was, I think 13 trying to remember I think I was a freshman in high school and um I remember it was May 20th I remember that date um I think because it's a month before my birthday but it probably was Pentecost now that I'm thinking about it and I just didn't realize it you know at the time but because we had um a confirmation Sunday and I went through confirmation but it was interesting because I became really good friends with, um, she's still one of my very best friends. Her name is Janine and she invited me to come to youth group with her. And so I went to youth group with, you know what I got, it was my eighth grade year now that I'm thinking about it. Um, and I went to youth group with her and we had this great youth group leader. His name is Frank. I'm still very close with them. And, um, so I started going through confirmation and the guy who taught the confirmation still a pastor in the conference, you know, Andy Kinsey is his name yeah. and he's down at grace in Franklin. Mm-hmm. And this is such a funny story because he was appointed to our small little country church called Youngstown. And then he was the associate down the street at the bigger United Methodist. So it was kind of like a two point charge for him. Mm-hmm. 
So he taught the confirmation class. It was his first appointment out of seminary. So this is his first confirmation class. He, you know, he went to Candler. He's very well educated and he's teaching this um, confirmation class to us. And I would go an hour before youth group and sit in there. And I remember. like a United Methodist guru. Yes. Right. And, um, but I remember he was talking about the, um, this is all confirmation leading up to the baptism. I remember he was teaching us about the counsel that the disciples had regarding circumcision. Should you be circumcised or should you not? And I didn't know what circumcision was. And I was like, um, pastor Andy, what's super, super circumcision. And his, this, you know, he's probably 20, for max, maybe, you know, bright red. And he's like, well, uh, it's something that happens to boys. Just, you know, maybe ask your parents about it. <laughs> I'm not going there. So anyway, I go through confirmation and, but my confirmation wasn't at the big church. Cause I went to the smaller church. I was the only one cause Janine had been confirmed the year before. So when I, when we had confirmation Sunday, it was just me and I hadn't been baptized. So he baptized me and I was sprinkled. Um, he probably did a little bit of a handful, I'm guessing, but I remembered it being like this really, I felt so like beloved because I was the only one and I got to pick the closing hymn, which I remember I really took time to decide like which closing hymn I wanted. And I picked, he lives. thought that was very theological of me because I was being baptized and all this stuff. And I, but I was the only one. And, um, this church now, when I think back on it, it was a really small country church. It probably was a family church. They had meals once a month. Janine and I would just go with each other. Um, I think the church had been her dad's years and years ago, but my parents didn't go, her parents didn't go, but we went every Sunday, we rang the bell. I mean, we were, I'm sure they were like, what is the deal with these two junior high girls? And they just really like loved on us. And they had meals once a month. And I remembered one lady would always bring us like plates in our silverware. And now of course, I'm like, that was probably just their family dinner. And we were part of it because it was such a family church, but um. But, you know, when Dave and I, you know, had our kids, we, we had this debate about, do you baptize them? Should we baptize them as infants or should we wait? And what's funny is he and I, I kind of was like, well, I really wanted to baptize them as children because I wanted to help them understand what it means to be children of baptism from the beginning and all that. He kind of wished he'd had something to do with it. Um, as, you, as we learned today, I mean, he was only three weeks old when he got baptized. That was pretty remarkable to me. I was like, wow, um, I didn't know that part about it. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, really definitely part of my spiritual journey that it was a decision that I made for sure. Would it have been different if my parents had made it for me when I was a baby and then raised me in the church? I don't know. I think it just would have been maybe felt more like my DNA than anything. I love what um, Dave talked about this, this morning that his, that your seminary professor, he said, yeah. that, you know, baptizing children as infants isn't a problem. The problem is that not continuing to talk about what that, that you are baptized and what that, yeah. you know, as, as people grow up. We tried to, 
Margaret was baptized by um, Ida Easley when she was our DS. And uh, we both were serving at two different churches. So we did it in like a Sunday evening, invited both churches to this like pond that one of his members had. And everyone thought she was being baptized in the pond. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're not putting like a, a year old baby down the pond. And then Lisa Schubert Nolling baptized Nathan. She came at that point, Dave and I were both at one church and she came and preached and baptized him for us, but we didn't baptize our babies. We kind of wanted that to be something separate, you know, that they would, that we could, you wanted to be the parents at their baptism. Yeah. We wanted to be parents and not the one doing the baptism. So, yeah. So it is interesting that you and I both have, were baptized, not as infants. Did you uh-huh. have any, did you baptize your kids when they were babies? Uh, I did not. They were. So when my kids were babies, I was not a pastor. I oh, was, right. you know, working it out in corporate America. So they were baptized by other clergy. Um, did when, how old were they? So my daughter was probably like seven. Okay. She so she waited a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She waited a little bit. Um, so, and then um, my son was older than that, and since then, since he married a person his um, he did he did another baptism. Oh, that's a a theological conundrum for his mother. Yeah, that is. Uh, for those of you listening, um, in the United Methodist Church, we believe the the first baptism takes and if feel like later in your life you've had a renewal of your faith then you would do a renewal of your baptism but I had a um my theology professor was English at Duke and um he used to always say if you aren't if you have someone who's not sure if they were baptized or not you bloody well need to find out (laughs) so (laughs) He's so, so you didn't do it a second uh-huh. time. Yeah, I mean, he, and the reason for people listening is because we believe that the Holy Spirit is present in the water when you do the baptism, regardless if you dunk people, sprinkle them, throw a hose of water on them, whatever it is. Um, and so to do a rebaptism is sort of saying, well, we didn't actually believe the Holy Spirit was in it the first time. And so that's why we don't do it. And I would add that if somebody really has a yearning to be baptized because they don't remember their baptism or they feel like they've done something that cancels their baptism, which is not possible, but people, you know, things happen and people believe what they believe, that we probably would never refuse to baptize. No, because then we're taking away grace. And that's a whole other conversation. I mean... Especially if there's, I mean, if there's ever trauma involved in something, then you always got to be open to finding the gray in the situation. So, um, yeah, I hear Margaret coming for me to take her to youth group. Yeah. Um, Okay, everybody, listen, next week, Kim and I will be back. I think we're going to be talking about um, communion. And Kim, I'm going to be thinking of some of the funny 
things that I've done while serving communion that have been like major bloopers for me. So I'll be thinking about that this week. If you want to think about a few too, because you know, yeah. sometimes you get up there and you hold the cup or the bread and I, sometimes I start talking and I realize I'm not sure what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the beginning. Yeah. I have yeah. In the beginning. So yeah. And I, I want people also to be prepared to like, think about it as this huge celebration. Like it is, we are being hosted by the host of host at a huge party. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So everybody have a wonderful week. Um, Hope you guys remember your baptisms or if you're not baptized and you really want to be let uh, call the church and set an appointment with one of the pastors or, and we would love to help you take that step in your journey for sure. So, all right. Bye. All right. Bye everybody. Claim your identity in Christ. Bye.